Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to the final edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the WAFL for season 2023, a year that belonged to the Sharks. Congratulations to President Mark Stewart, Coach Bill Monaghan, Captain Matty Jupp and all the players and staff at the East Fremantle Football Club, their first premiership in 25 years. We'll review the grand final and we'll be joined by the aforementioned captain, coach and also the Simpson medalist, Milan Murdoch. Paul Persick with you in the back chat studios alongside Mark Foreman. Can you believe our quick the season has gone by oh fins up paul hello yes. yeah no what a game uh well actually to be honest not what a game they were quite clinical in the end east Toronto, but um uh what a win we should say because uh that, that's huge for the club and uh i loved seeing the serious amount of fins up in the crowd on, on oh, Sunday. a lot of blue and white there was a lot of blue yeah. and white because it meant so much to the, the club and its fans you know yeah. to finally see some success after 25 years because they were at the low ebb just some four or five years ago, and then to see what they've done in the last three years to climb yeah. up the ladder and finally get that premiership uh, over a peel thunderside that was strong on paper, you know, it was a huge statement to make that the Sharks, they're back as a waffle power. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we'll explore that with, uh, well, the, the three blokes that we're going to speak to this morning, which I'm really excited for because, um, you know, particularly Matty Jarp has been there through those really hard times, and they're the best stories about footy. It's not you know, the success on the day is what a lot of people see, but, um, you know, that grind behind the scenes has been uh, relentless for, for guys like Matty Jupp and, and obviously Bill Monaghan has, has come in and, and really turned the club around. So it's uh, so exciting. And, yeah, congratulations to East Randall. They were a, a real popular winner. Yeah, they certainly were among the 27,000 over at Optus Stadium. What a game it certainly was. We'll review the game in detail later on in the show. We'll also have a verdict of the 10 WAFL clubs throughout the season. This is Around the Waffle, Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. Now, the honour of Premiership captain is obviously one of the biggest in football at any <laughs> level. And for this man, it has been a long time coming. From East Fremantle, he wears the number eight and he's got the medal around his neck to prove that honour is certainly a big one. Matty Jupp, he joins us on the line today. Juppy, welcome along and a huge congratulations. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, still on cloud nine. I can imagine, you know, especially after that huge win on Sunday over Peel Thunder and amongst uh, the Sharks faithful. What was those first emotions like when the final siren sounded and the premiership drought had finally been broken? Yeah, I think the, um, I just sort of said over the last couple of days, we were so lucky we were afforded maybe five or ten minutes to soak it all in knowing the result was um, was going to go our way. And look, when the siren went, it was um, the first emotion was just pure relief. Um, and then the joy started flooding in, and it was just an overwhelming feeling of joy for the rest of um, for the rest of the the night. And uh, you know, two or three days later, it still feels like I uh, just put the boots on yesterday. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, yeah, Matt, this will probably be the only footy question I ask. Mark Foreman here, by the way. Congratulations. Um, I was was calling the game, and at full time, you were the first one I sort of looked to, and. Um, saw you fall to the ground and it, it must have been like like you said that moment of euphoria but um, you had a few seconds by yourself before uh, your teammates got to you can you remember what what exactly you, you felt as that siren went 
Yeah, I can because I've, I have copped so much stick for it over the last few days <laughs> for all my teammates. I, oh, um, no. I, sat there, I sat there looking at the crowd in five minutes and I, I honestly, I got a chance to reflect and um, I just started welling up and I've, I've been in a bit of an emotional mess and, and don't worry, um, I've been sort of reminded of that uh, constantly. So. <laughs> have have, you, seen, have <laughs> no. you seen it back, Matt? Have you watched it? Yeah, I've, I've had the video sent and everyone says <laughs> I've looked like a fetus in the fetal position. So I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. My, my team, my teammates are giving me plenty of stick, but um, I couldn't care less. I'm just the happiest man on earth. Exactly right. If anyone can do it, Matt, you can. I, th- I think you've earned that moment. No doubt about it. Now, we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago when uh, your side was in the thick of the finals action. Uh, your, your, your days playing as a junior and getting to those finals, but success, uh, you know, eluded you for a very long time. But what was it like to finally get that success and having it sink in some 48 hours later? Yeah, it, it actually didn't sink in, like you said, until probably, you know, yesterday afternoon finally sort of was sinking in. But it's um, it feels really surreal because, you know, it's something that you work at for, you know, for, for some of us, we've been there for 12 years just at, the, at this one aim and one goal. And that is a long time for for achieving, you know, something that happens in, in, a, in a matter of hours. So... The initial feeling is it's relief, it's overwhelming sense of joy, um, but now it's just starting to get that appreciation of the hard work that my teammates, the coaches, the club has put in, and I'm just very proud. The last few days have just been filled with so much pride. Because you've been through the low ebbs of the club, in, in fact, most recently, some 2018-19, but you showed that resolute resilience along with a lot of your teammates that have been there as well. I mean, it's, it's a group that's been united in those tough times, but also those, uh, those great times that you've had over the last two, three years. Yeah, we, we, we stuck it fat because it was going pretty terribly a few <laughs> years ago. Um, and that's where you, th- you sort of pan your credit to to Bill Monaghan and Brad Dodd and obviously their coaching staff because they came in, um, they showed the path and as players, we just had to believe. And that was the key for us because you sort of get bashed from, from pillar to post for a number of years where you win you know, a total of maybe three or four games over two or three years. Um, the, the, the belief aspect, the, the, the faith in your ability and and whatnot is really, really hard to, to, to instill in a playing group. So once mm. that came, and it, that took a few years, once we, we started to believe we were good enough, um, you know, I, I have said this, the premiership to me we were, was never in doubt we were eventually going to get there. Um, it was just a matter of when. Yeah, well, that's, that's awesome, Matt. Um, I'm going to flick to some non-footy-related questions. Uh, quick fire, what do you do for work? Uh, so I, I work in um, construction. So my okay. old man has a um, he's got a construction company in Port Heaven, which is where I grew up. Yep, yep. So I work remotely for him, um, and it's fair to say he's not a happy boss at the moment <laughs> because I haven't uh, I haven't showed my face in the office for the last few days. Well, that answers my next question. How many days <laughs> off work have you taken? I'm sitting out the front. I'm sitting out the front now, and I'm just sort of going. I've got to go and put a couple of hours in today. But the boys are already messaging me saying where are we going, where are we going. So. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, leads into my next one. So we know Milan Murdoch was best on. Who has been best off? Uh, best off in a clear cut between two guys. Yep. Uh, Hugh, Hugh Dixon. I'm not so sure he's caught a wink of sleep yet, so he's still going. <laughs> Um, and Ben McGuire, he is the funniest man I have ever met. Um, he has been 
he's been unreal. He was um, there was a, bit, a few lulls over the last couple of days where you just the sleep sort of the lack of sleep catches up with you. Yeah. He's um, he's essentially put on his own TED talk for the last two or three days. He has not stopped talking, <laughs> so he's been um, he's been unreal. Hey, last one from me, Matt. I saw um, a, a really nice video. So obviously, you all got to the the left bank later on in the on the Sunday night. Sorry, not really nice video of you lifting the uh, the cup with your brother. That must have been a, a nice moment. Yeah, honestly, the, the moments. There's a lot of moments that stand out, but um, and this 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 get this is the sort of things that get you emotional because um, sharing the moment when I saw my mum, my dad, and my brother in the rooms after the game. Um, yeah, that's something that I'll never forget. Well, no doubt about it. Those memories will stand the test of time like it was on Sunday at Optus Stadium. Matty, congratulations. The first East Fremantle Premiership captain in 25 years. Enjoy the celebrations and all the best for next season. I will. Thanks, lads. That was Matty Jupp, the captain of East Fremantle and, and a very popular Premiership captain, I might add, because you know, having stuck through the tough times like he did yeah. uh, for East Fremantle and to finally get that done through the ever so strong self-belief that never wavered across those tough years is uh, certainly a well-deserving moment for Juppie. Yeah. Do you know what? That's that's like my favourite sort of aspect into not just this podcast, but sort of any media um, medium because you get to speak to people like Matt and understand the stories behind what's happening. And you just heard then, you know, when he said that's what it's about, it's sharing the moments with, with those people who have shared the journey. Absolutely. And, um, that's really special. Uh, I remember seeing that video. Um, I, I think I've mentioned before, you know, uh, I'm being friendly with uh, Maddie's brother. I saw that video posted and I thought that's just, that's just really cool. That, yeah. That's a moment which, you know, you share with your family and um, it means the world. And when we heard how much it means, so that, it is amazing. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I knew Maddie was clearly a good captain. Um, I don't know him particularly well, but um, you can hear what it means to him and, and how, like you said, how he's, he's stuck true through those uh, really t- hard times. And that's not the only one of the East Fremantle three that is going <laughs> to be joining us in just a little bit. Milan Murdoch, the Simpson medalist, is going to jump on and have a chat with us on his performance. He was simply sensational on Sunday. Just before we do, a quick update from the other two grand finals that took place. First one in the morning, the Reserves grand final. It was a cracker. Yeah. Between Swan Districts and West Perth. Swan Districts winning by three points, 7-15 to 8-6. Ben Hewitt, the Swan Districts captain, winning the Merv McIntosh medal for best on ground. He had 20 disposals and seven marks. And in the Colts grand final, Claremont, they just keep adding these Colts premierships to their ever-growing trophy cabinet. They were too good for a fast-finishing Perth. 10-7-67 to 8-8-56. The big man, Zach Sekis- uh, Zane Sekostelsky, winning the Mel Winnen medal for the Colts best on ground. So congrats to Swan Districts and Claremont on their respective Premierships. This is Around the Waffle, the final edition for 2023. You're with Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. And one East Fremantle player that also cemented himself as possibly a modern era great for his performance in the grand final was Milan Murdoch, the man who wears the number one. Well, he was number one <laughs> on Sunday, taking out the Simpson medal. And he is good enough to join us on our final edition of Around the Waffle for 2023. Milan, welcome to the show and congratulations. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure, Milan. I'll ask the same thing I asked to uh, Matty Jupp earlier. The first emotions that you felt when the final siren sounded and that East Fremantle, the realisation that uh, that the Sharks had finally got it done. Uh, I guess it was probably 15 minutes into that last quarter. It started really sinking in that we're probably going to win a grand final. And it's just, it's an unbelievable feeling. It's honestly things you dream of and, oh, you have to win one to know how it feels, and it's just, it is amazing. So I couldn't be more happy, and we're still 
still celebrating. Hey, Milan, Mark Foreman here. Congratulations on, well, both the, the, the flag and the medal. Um, have you played in many grand finals before that at, at any level, including juniors? Uh, well, yeah, I, I won two in juniors for the Winnicott Cats. Um, yep. And then my last waffle one, if it counts, I guess, was Colts in 2017. Um, yeah, yeah, no, they count. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're probably not as good as the waffle one, but yeah, they were good. Now, what about uh, the, the game plan that your side had uh, against Peel Thunder, who have have pretty much a very strong side, especially with the 10, 11 Dockers players that were touted to have a big performance? What was the plan from the outset when the, the ball was bounced on Sunday? Um, I guess uh, we, had, we actually had quite a different last two weeks, really. We, had, we were just preparing on our inside 50 work. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say now, really, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, you're allowed. <laughs> we, I guess we, we played... We played a smaller forward line, and I think that really worked for the day. It's a big ground, so yeah. basically just put it in space. Now, small forwards, including myself, did did the work. So yeah, beautiful. Um, that made a big difference. Absolutely. No, you're allowed, Milan. You can share whatever you want with us now. And I hope you do because I'm going to throw some non-footy related questions at you. Um, I'll ask cool. you the same things I asked Maddie. Uh, what do you do for work? Um, I am a sparky, so an electrician, and... Unfortunately, I'm at work today. Oh, well, that was, I was going to ask, how many days off did you take? Surely you took a couple at least. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty keen to get through this apprenticeship and I probably can't take many more days <laughs> off because I've already taken about a month off this year through footy injuries. Yeah, um, okay. So, but um, I'll, I'll try to get Friday or a couple more days off. Did you, did you, you at least? You don't win, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, did you at least have Monday off? Surely. <laughs> Yeah, public holiday. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, good good point. Turn yeah. it up for him. Fun for uh, some. You know, you know, if I'd have Monday off and then Tuesday as well. Yeah, yeah, good man. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you the exact same question as Maddie, but I'm not going to tell you what he said because I want to know your perspective. So, um, you know, congratulations on being best on, but equally important, who has been best off? <laughs> mm, I think, yeah, it's actually pretty obvious. We thought it would be Hugh Dixon, but I think, I think Danny Maguire's passed him. He's yes. Just, wow. He's just, him or Jared Jansen, I think. So um, ab- absolutely they, consistent, Milan. That's exactly what Maddie's told us. Oh, mate, they've just, they've just put us all in tears since the game ended. Like, they just, especially Ben, he's just hilarious. And he's, <laughs> he's been awesome all year, to be honest. He's yeah. a great man. He's actually, he's actually a cousin of mine as well. Oh, there you go. Is there any yeah. moment that he's off of over the last 48 hours that's stuck out to you that Benny Maguire's, uh, you know, thrown up? Oh, mate, just, I think I heard Jappy say the other day, he's just talked nonstop. <laughs> and I don't know how he's still yapping. He probably hasn't slept in four days and it's just, it's like he's had plenty of sleep the way he goes about it. Might so. be the state's longest TED talk that uh, is going on at the yeah, moment yeah. with Benny Maguire. But yeah. uh, what about uh, <laughs> your, your return to form, Milan, j- just quickly? Of course, you came back in the second semi final after a long stint uh, out through injury and, of course, a spell in reserves. You got back into form right away and then followed it up with a Simpson medal winning performance in the grand final. From, from a personal point of view, it must be an absolute thrill to hit back into that solid patch of form just at the right time. Oh, yeah. I was, I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for the the rehab work that I got poured into from Dry and Marina, our trainers, and they yeah, they, they really helped me get back on my shoulder. It should have been almost a season-ending injury, but they, they really helped me with it. And I guess there was a bit of a shock coming through the twos. And Phil said we, we nearly scrapped on at training when he told me. So, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I had a good game in the semi, and 
got a grand final. So I'm forever grateful for that. What What was that exact injury, Milan? Like obviously a shoulder, but what What had you actually done to it? Uh, it was an AC grade three joint. Okay. So it was it was meant to be surgery, I think. Apparently, um, but I just if I got surgery, I wouldn't play this year. So yeah. I just wanted. To, I guess it worked out. It was a fifty-fifty. If it, I could have done it when I came back straight away, but if you do the rehab properly, you're you're fine. So. I was lucky. It was a huge credit to uh, all the staff there at the uh, the Sharks for getting you in tip-top shape for that second semi-final and also for the main event, the grand final as well. So a job well yeah. done to them and a job well done to you as well, Milan. Congratulations on a great game and a great season uh, capping it off in the grand final on Sunday. Thanks for your time throughout the season as well and uh, all the best for 2024. Thanks very much, boys. Take care. That was Milan Murdoch, the Simpson medalist uh, for East Fremantle. And uh, tell you what, some fascinating stuff uh, on the work front there, of course. Uh, yeah. Just like uh, his uh, job as a sparky, he was electric on uh, on Sunday uh-huh. off the stadium. That's sharp work, Paul. I love that from you. I have absolutely nothing similar to say. I'm not that witty, but um, he was great. He, yeah, he, he, he played really well. And um, I will have you know, whilst I didn't get my tip right, you did ask me, hey, if East Fremantle win, who might be your Simpson medalist? Do you mm. remember who I said? Yeah, you said uh, Milan Murdoch. Hey. If East Fremantle won. So Hello. at least I'll, I'll give you that That's one. It was right. one all, but uh, no. I'll, I'll hold you to account for the rest of the offseason. He's a good player. He, um, you know, and he has that uh, little uh, fiery edge to him, I noticed. So I'd only seen um, one other East Fremantle game this year. Um, you know, live, I mean, and um, that I, I could see on grand final day, you know, he tackled ferociously, but he also is, um, I won't say annoying, but he certainly creates a nuisance of himself and, uh, you know, gets under the skin of other players. And I'd heard a couple of uh, opposition teammates, uh, sorry, opposition players say that, you know, he's absolutely a great player, but he also has that fire to him. So. That's, it's that, um, you know, source of intimidation, isn't it, for, for opposition players? We say, we say the same thing about John O'Marsh as well. Of course, he didn't play yeah. on Sunday, so Milan Murdoch really carried that responsibility as well, and that, that proved wonders for East Fremantle and to the detriment of Peel Thunder. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's certainly not as big as John O'Marsh. No, no that's, <laughs> he's tr- a, that's true. That's a reasonably true. small man, but um, he makes up for it in, uh, a, you know, ability and, his, and the fire that he's got as well. This is Around the Waffle Art Grand Final Edition for 2023 you're with Paul Persick and Mark Foreman now we've spoken to the players of course in captain Jonathan Marsh and the Simpson medalist Milan Murdoch but the coach's perspective of course (laughs) he's the man that makes all the moves across the season and those moves on grand final day could win or lose you a premiership well for Bill Monaghan it won him a premiership his first premiership in a decade having won it with West Perth back in 2013 and Billy's good enough to join us on our final edition for 2023 Billy welcome to the show and a huge congratulations on your win yeah, thanks very much, guys, and a pleasure to be here. What about, uh, I'll say this, uh, like I said to uh, Juppy and Milan earlier on, those emotions as a coach uh, when the final siren sounded uh, and you'd, you'd done the job that you craved to, to bring the Premiership Cup back to East Fremantle. Yeah, look, it was, it's a bit different for me than it is to the players, I'm sure. Mine's more of a sit back and reflect and, and you know, look at the players and... and Enjoy what they've been through. They, they're the ones who do the work. Yeah, I bark the instructions. I move a few magnets around and a few witches hats here, here and there. But look, at the end of the day, the satisfaction as a coach is seeing, you know, first of all, the elation of the players, but also of the support staff and then branch out even further into our sponsors, our members and our supporters. So, 
you know, it was really about just taking it all in and, and seeing how many people were so happy that we were able to break a 25-year drought. Uh, Bill, I suppose, sorry, Mark Foreman here, and, and thanks for coming on again. It's, it's been a pleasure to, you know, get to know you through this podcast throughout the year. Um, probably fortunately, in a way, the game was done reasonably early, and I noticed that you made your way down to the bench, uh, you know, before the full-time siren. And some of the, the scenes that I, I saw were, were just amazing. Can you tell us about the connection that you feel with, with your players? And, and like you said, you support staff as well. Yeah, first of all, it is. It was, you know, same thing happened in 2013. I was lucky enough that, you know, in both of those games, we, we were in front um, by far enough that, um, you know, from probably the 30-minute mark, 25-minute mark, you can start to think about, you know, what you're going to say, who you're going to, hug, you know, take take everything in. So, you know, it was a pretty enjoyable um, trip down in the in the lift with the other assistant <laughs> coaches and then to come out onto the oval where, you know, see all the blue and white and, and how much they were enjoying it and yelling and screaming and chanting and you know, then you you see, you know, the people who were close to it, you know, we had a lot of our reserves players were just behind the dugout, you know, that they were enjoying the day. Um, and then you, know, you make your way through what seemed like a, you know, a big number of people. But you know what it probably shows is how many people are involved in mm. in getting the team to where they are. And and sometimes you know as a coach and even you know I'm sure Jappy is the captain and the, and the players in general get put up as the ones who do all the work. But you know behind the scenes and and you know we can't do what we we do without the help and the support of, of many people and. I think if you look down on the bench at the time we got down there, um, that's probably a good indication of how many people are involved in, in what was a wonderful win. Yeah. It certainly was. Now, just just going back a, a couple of years before, when you took over as East Fremantle coach, the club obviously was at a very low ebb, but what can't be denied, and I reckon you, you would have noticed it obviously, is the self-belief of a lot of those players that have been there throughout those tough times and also uh, in that highest point when uh, when the final siren sounded on Sunday, it's that self-belief that is really one of the big sources that got the club over the line. It is, and it's probably the last piece of the puzzle. You know, when we we don't hide behind the fact, and it, it's pretty well known that you know we cut the list pretty deep. We we shook the place up. We changed a lot of things, um, and you know, a lot of the processes about training and our training nights and the the training standards and how we train, a, a lot of things changed and and that's not you know that's that's not unique to me and 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 this group that have helped us go forward it's just it it needed change and and we brought in a completely different way one that we played football but two how we prepared as well so um you know it then at the end of that you know there, there was times probably in season two and three where where the players just couldn't see it and I know Juppie's talked about it you know a number of times where you know it felt like as a coach and as a coaching group we're, we're selling a dream that people couldn't always see and and some of that is around confidence and and belief and and self-belief really important so um, the thing is that that was the last piece and once you know I think it was the end of 2021, where we won four of our last five games, including a couple of finalists and the eventual premiers in um, Subiaco. I think that was the time that the players said, hang on, this is going to work. And 
and then that really drove them into the pre-season of 22. And I think had things gone a little bit um, differently for us in 2022, you know, we lost three in the pre-season, we lost another one mid-season draft, and, and then we probably, by the end, we were missing three or four of our very best players, you know, players of the ilk of Bokehurst and, and Murdoch, who, who didn't play in our last final. So you know, it, it felt like we were nearly there last year, and again, that spurred the players on to, to train really hard in the pre-season, and, and you know, now they've got the, the reward for that, and you know, I'm really proud of what we've been able to do. Oh, Bill, so many questions I, I want to throw you away, but uh, I'm aware we've only got a limited time. So I'm going to have to ask, it's a reasonably young group. You're not that much older than them, Bill. How long did you stay with them on the Sunday night? Uh, no, I was pretty quiet Sunday night. Um, <laughs> I said to, no, I said to them after players, I was a bit younger in, in 2013 and I probably, probably drank too many beers after that. And, and you know, um, so I, I said to them sometimes, to sit back and reflect and have the odd water and, and space your drinks out a bit. So, you know, I hung around to, you know, close to midnight, but then they went back to, they had to leave the pub and yep. they went to one of the players' houses and <laughs> I am too old for that, but um, <laughs> it, it's still going, you know. So we, we went to an, another, you know, establishment on Monday um, and then we went and had a feed again yesterday at lunchtime. And I think the boys were out um, on the water today. A few of them have got some boats. So oh. they're, they're rafting up somewhere out on a 34-degree day. But um, unfortunately, my um, my swimsuit body doesn't quite suit that. So I'm at home just taking pieces <laughs> today. Living the dream. Hey, don't sell yourself short, Bill. I'm sure you've kept yourself in good shape. Um, last one. I want to try and make it a trifecta. We've spoken to your, uh, your captain. We've spoken to your Simpson medalist about who's been best off ground. Now, perhaps you haven't been there the whole time uh, to see, but uh, they've both given us the same answer. So if you had to pick two players who you reckon have performed best off the ground, who might they be? Uh, I think number one, and I'd be disappointed if these folks didn't do it, and it, he's an interesting We've got a recruit from East Perth, um, Ben Maguire, and he, <laughs> yes. has not, he has not shut up for three days. He, I'm, like, I get accused of liking to talk and talk a fair bit. Well, this bloke has full-on has not stopped, and he's just has people in, in, uh, in fits of laughter for for three days and I'm actually going out to play golf with him tomorrow and, and Ruben <laughs> and one of these and Joe Kamani, one of my assistant coaches. So I'm actually hoping by the time we get to the golf course tomorrow that he's calmed down a bit because if he's still still talking like he is and my golf game's gonna go to water. Um, so that's that's a little bit different because it, sometimes it's about folks misbehaving and doing silly things. He's actually he claims he's had lots to drink, but all he has done, he hasn't had time to drink. <laughs> he has just spoken all the time. Um, and then, look, I'm not condoning gambling, but we've, we've been at a couple of places where the blokes had a little bit of um, ability to, to have a bet. And yep. that, they've had a little bit of a syndicate. And Jared Jensen, who might be the, you know one of the yeah. quieter blokes, he has been declaring his dog or his horse halfway down the straight every time doing these funny dances. And every time he does, the horse or the dog gets beat. So Jared should just sit down and watch it. So 
that's been an interesting dynamic with, with Jano. Um, he's really poor at predicting who's going to win the race. That's brilliant. Hey, Bill, not only have you um, aligned with your captain and your Norm Smith medalist, but you've also told us the exact same anecdote about Ben Maguire. So that is absolutely brilliant. He sounds like a motor mouth and uh, he's getting the award for best off. <laughs> yeah, look... Well, well, that's a bit disappointing because a few or the listeners now have had to listen to the same story. But it is no, he is not at all. He is hands down number one. Yeah, fantastic, no, no doubt about it. But of course, Bill, the number one coach of 2023. Again, huge congratulations. We're all very proud of you on the side for their achievements on Sunday at Optus Stadium. Have a great off season and all the best for next year, Bill. No worries. Nice talking to you guys. Thank you. That was Billy Monaghan, the coach of East Fremantle. So the, the common theme about the three guests that we have had is that the best off ground has been Ben Maguire. How good. You know, he was actually quite good on ground too, he was, just for he what was. it's worth. But, um, you know, days following grand finals are just such good fun. And, um, you know, the group just sort of gets around each other. And that is, that's so funny to hear that <laughs> he's clearly enjoying himself and uh, rightly so, as he should be. Well, who wouldn't uh, after yep. winning a premiership? Simply sensational. This is Around the Waffle, our final edition for 2023. You're with Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. Now, quickly, we'll look at the uh, grand final in depth. East from Adel defeating Peel Thunder 12-13-85 to Peel Thunder 6-10-46. The Sharks, they kicked the first three goals in the first 10 minutes and they never looked headed. And Peel, they were just playing catch-up all day. Yeah, they were. Um, best way to describe it, I, I sort of felt different to the semi-final um, where a similar thing happened. East from Adel jumped Peel um, did, yes. and Peel looked pretty good in that game. It just didn't feel like Peel were ever a chance. I don't know why. And I don't know if you had a similar feeling, but... I don't um, know why you tipped them to begin with. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I couldn't get past the 11 AFL listed players. Um, but this is, I guess it's a, a, a really good um, example of a, a, a team of champions... Uh, is is what's the saying? A team of champions is no match for a champion team. Absolutely, um, and East Fremantle just gelled, you know, yeah, when the time yeah. mattered, especially off that star, and then of course for the rest of the game, and to cap it off with uh, an excellent final term as well, where they kicked a further three goals to one, really summed up how in control East Fremantle were. Looking at the numbers too, in particular, Milan Murdoch at twenty-seven, Fraser Turner. I mean, again, he was mm. sensational. He had thirty-seven disposals, but his his role as that impact midfielder mm. again was sensational. Uh, ben Maguire with two goals. Ruben with one, and also uh, a couple of other players kicked two as well. Joshua Schoenfeld with two as well. For Peel Thunder, Corey Wagner was their best, 31 disposals. And uh, Will Brody, he uh, played a good clearance role in the midfield with 25. Yeah, can we point out, Corey Wagner had 15 tackles. 15. That is insane. Um, he, he was good. I also, and now the stats sheet will not, um, will not reflect this. You wouldn't know it. But Tom Emmett was... Absolutely brilliant in trying to inspire his team. Now, he was. the stats, the reason I say that is the stat sheet says he had seven disposals, but he had seven tackles, and I'm pretty sure there were two rundown holding the balls. There were two rundown um, tackles. In the second quarter when the game was still on the line and uh, Peel just didn't have a spark, and he was the guy that <laughs> he was my pick for, you know, I thought he might be the, the Simpson medalist if they were to win. And he was trying, you could see he was so gallant in trying to spark his team, and he worked so hard. You know, he did. The best thing about being at the game and being able to call it is when, when, when it's not, you know, when the other caller is calling, I was sort of looking behind the ball, and he was running and working so hard up and down the ground. So I thought Tom Emmett was really good, um, but they just didn't have. Um, the contributors. Something I noticed about Peel 
And it's not a comment on their season because we spoke to many of their, you know, their coaches and players and, and the connect between um, AFL and non-AFL listed players is, is clearly good. I just sort of noticed a bit of a disconnect that day between yeah. midfielders and forwards. So some of the some of the kicking, you know, a forward would suddenly dart back towards goal, but the kick would go in front of him and it was a turnover and things like that. It just seemed like a little bit of a disconnect. And um, that's not to say that it's not there during the year, but uh, it just didn't gel on grand final day. Yeah, which is you're really exactly right. You're exactly right. It was, it was that lack of functionality in that forward line that, you know, pretty much brought Peel undone because usually their forward line is very, very good. I yeah, mean, when yeah. you have, you know, Ben Hancock, also Ben Middleton also kicking those goals, Liam Reedy and also a couple of others, Will Brody even shifting up forward a little bit to kick those goals, that there just wasn't a lot there. And, uh, you know, they weren't disgraced. They weren't disgraced, though, Peel Thunder. They did try their hearts out. It was just yeah. that start, that three goals start that they gave East Fremantle. You never want to give a side a start, whether it be three goals, four goals, or even eight goals for that matter. <laughs> never give your opposition a head start in a grand final because you'll be playing catch-up all day. It's yeah, it's almost the same in um, in, in any finals, but you're, yeah, grand finals is it's a different beast and uh, sort of, yeah, a little worried when once it got to three goals to nil and, um, you know, Peel uh, sort of, not, not on the scoreboard, but they even the ledger towards the back part of that first quarter, um, and then, yeah, they, it, but they just couldn't stay with them. And it was a, a really clinical display from East Fremantle. And in saying, in talking about that disconnect, by the way, in the forward line, it's, uh, that's also a credit to what East Fremantle did. Their, their defenders are clearly, um, you know, well gelled and, and organized by Matty Jupp. And um, they did the job. They were fantastic. Some of those peel forwards were just completely shut down. Yeah, Erdley, Jupp and Fingorinch for that matter. They were yeah. all sensational down back. This is Around the Waffle, our grand final edition for 2023. Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. Now, before we do wrap up for the season, we're going to quickly have a little verdict of all the 10 clubs starting okay. from last through to the premiers of 2023. So quickly, we'll yep. go from 10th through to first. West Coast out of awfully good, thumbs up, 50-50 <laughs> in the uh, middle uh, for mm. thumbs in the middle or awfully awful, uh, thumbs down. I think it'll be pretty obvious, awfully awful for West Coast <laughs> simply because of the injuries that they had and the, the, the lack of the link between a consistent best 22. Yep, and there's reasons for that. So, and we know that. So, like you said, in- injuries were just um, horrible for West Coast this year. So, yeah, they, they were awful. Um, but I'm not, um, you know, I-, I don't think we need to rule them out next year. I'm certainly not saying they're going to be playing finals or challenging for the flag or anything. But they could get some wins. Yeah, absolutely, and they should get some wins. Um, getting players back, um, you know. Staying healthy, staying fit, and also there is the you know the the change in rules with yes. um, the salary cap. So hopefully that allows them to attract more players. So now we go to Perth. Even though they had the two wins and the draw, I'm going to go thumbs in the middle simply because of the talent that's there. And Peter German, he, he didn't expect success to come immediately, but they showed that they can play good games of football against some of the more powerful teams. And they even got one of their big wins was against South Fremantle down at Fremantle Oval. Yep. That win I reckon could spark their confidence in the future. They could beat anyone, anywhere, on any given day. Yep, and a, a classic um, sign of a developing team is that they showed really good bursts of potential, um, which were separated by some really poor um, yeah, some really poor performances. And that's what's going to happen with a young team, an experienced team. But like you said, um, they've got some, some talent there. I'm, I'm probably... 
the uh, I'm probably a thumbs down, but um, not a major not a major thumbs down. And I think there's um, yeah, there's a good opportunity for for Perth, you know, over the next few years. And it's Rome wasn't built in a day. South from Adel, they finished in of course eighth. I'm going to say a thumbs in the middle as well because they their backs were against the wall from the outset. Yeah. You know, with the salary cap breach and the eight game penalty, yeah. but they did unearth some very good mature players in 2023, especially those that haven't been as heralded. Bolognu, Byron, and also Chase Bourne, who can be a, a big forward of the future. I mean, he can kick a couple of bags of goals out of the blue, so uh, it'll be a thumbs in the middle for me. And with Todd Curley staying at the helm next year, then that's going to be a huge boost for South Fremantle next the, year. The three Bs, as they call them. Yep, the three Bs. No, no, no one calls them that. Um, and the, and you call them that, so don't <laughs> yeah, you well, get started. Uh, look, I don't know as much about those players as you probably do, but um, I, what I have heard is, and you know, we know Todd Curley um, has a you know a really good record and um, uh, you know a good development um, background as well. So um, similar case as Perth, but yeah, the backs were against the wall, so I'm I'm not sort of surprised to see where they ended up, and hopefully they can stay injury free. They they sort of copped a few as well. Um, yeah, thumbs. No, nah, also thumbs down for me. I don't expect to see South Fremantle down that. that down the bottom like that. So a little bit disappointing. But again, there's just like West Coast, there's reasons. Swan Districts, thumbs down for me, I'm afraid. Oh, what? If they they got a couple more close wins and they were in winnable positions for a lot of those games, maybe I would have changed it. But but I have to say, having said that, they were the most unlucky side this year. Yeah, well, so... And the reason I'm so surprised by that is I came on board uh, this podcast and particularly moving back to Perth halfway through the waffle season. Mm -hmm. So I missed... A lot of their work in the early part where they lost games they probably should have won. So what? You're blaming yourself for Swan District's <laughs> yeah. lack of close wins. What? Because what I saw at the end of the year that, that was a lot of positive signs. And I, I see a team that is also young, um, but they've got some really quality players there. Yes. As, as long as they can hold on to a Thomas few. Thomas Edwards being one of them. Yeah. And, you know, how good. We saw some really good things from oh. him. But unfortunately, he looks like he's done his knee, yes. hasn't he? So. Um, he might be missing, if not all, uh, at least a large chunk of next. Part of me of next year. I've just done. What well, must have been, felt sick thinking about um, his knee. I've just done a burp. Um, but uh, the, I like what they're putting together, um, and there are thumbs sidewards, I guess, right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, right in the middle. But um, you know, they were on the way up. Um, but it was. And uh, th- sorry, the important thing to note about them is that's also a sign of a, a really young team they lost so many games that they that were tight and so you know that that's a little bit of an experience and they'll fix that up moving forward let's go to west perth the uh, now former premiers thumbs down for me they, they just couldn't mm. get it going they could not get it going and those losses at home their record at home to be blunt was woeful especially against swan districts east from yeah. and peel thunder if they'd won one of those three games then they would have been in the five but th- there was a lot of disconnect yeah. in the in that side you know where they just couldn't get their midfields and forwards to link up correctly and now they're going to have a new coach as well jason salisic is going to take over so hopefully that thumbs down will go back to a thumbs up next year uh well so this is also a case of me coming on halfway through and missing a lot of the games that they should have won and lost mm. because i saw at the back end of the year when they went on that great winning streak but they had left too little too late yes. so it's a thumb sideways for me uh, because we saw the danger that west perth have um but unfortunately they cooked themselves earlier in the year so just missing out by a game so it's a thumb sideways but uh certainly a team to watch for next year no doubt about it east perth thumbs up that's a definite thumbs up yeah, i mean the, the run that they had to get into the finals if if not for that loss to west perth yeah. in round 20 maybe they would have had a greater chance to win the premiership but just the players that they were able to get 
for 2023. I mean, yeah. some of these players were sensational. Hamish Brayshaw, Angus Schumacher, Mitch Crowden, Angus Scott, Nick Robinson, Liam Tedesco at the second mm. half of the season, and Sam Van Diemen, who's matured into a great forward this season. And also, the, the quality as a coach Ross McQueen has got, you know, to bring them back at the top end of uh, the WAFL ladder is just sensational. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in 2024. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing Sam Van Diemen's name more. That's just a cool name. Mm. <laughs> No doubt about it. <laughs> rate that. No, above all, uh, I also rate East Perth. They, um, they had a good season. Um, and they've got that midfield we keep talking about is so quality. So they are a thumbs up for me as well, which I suspect all these teams in the top four, because they were so close. They were the so close. Fi- sorry, the top five was just so tight that they all performed really well. I'm giving Claremont also a thumbs up, and I'm giving mm. myself a thumbs down because I tipped Claremont outside the five. They <laughs> finished in fourth. They got to a first semifinal. Um, but uh, they were simply very sensational when it mattered. I mean, we look at those four losses in a row the second half of the season. It was so unclermont like Yeah. But they bounced back with two big wins at home when they needed. Yeah, but that's also the reason I'm giving them a thumb sidewards because I didn't get to see... I keep saying this. I came on halfway through the year um, and I saw them just go on this disgusting run of losses. That, mm. Like you said, and I kept saying how weird it was. It's so unclermont like and they lost games that they really should have won. Um, so they would be disappointed to finish where they did because they... In a way, there was a point there where they really had top spot at their mercy. And they did. I, I think they sort of, um, uh, yeah, they sort of let themselves down a little bit. So it's a thumb sidewards. Subiaco, a thumbs up for me. They yeah, exceeded yeah. expectations. After missing the five in 2022, yeah. you know, a lot expected them to, you know, have a bit of a lull. But, you know, to get into third place uh, overall, uh, finishing second on the ladder, but third overall, having lost the prelim, yeah. there's um, good signs that Subiaco will, will be hungry to get that premiership back in 2024. Yeah, no, I exceeded expectations i think they were a team that i did know a little bit about coming in purely because of um some footy connections that that i'd played with at, at north beach who have played at um subiaco and they sort of explained and said yeah they've exceeded anything we we thought they might do and um you know it's a really good um uh a platform for them to to work on for next year. So it's a thumbs up for me. And finally, East Fremantle and Peel Thunder, the grand finalists, huge thumbs up for them. You know, big season, getting through to the big dance, unearthing some great players and their experience really telling as well. Yeah, no, they they were great. Both teams were were awesome. Um, East Fremantle, I I think in the end, the the best team has won, which doesn't always happen, you know, in in the way that finals can work. But um, for mine, East Fremantle, they're, they're the great story and, um, you know, they've put together so much work over so many years and, and this year um, they went on that incredible run. They, you know, they struck, was it 11 in 11 a row? Win, yeah, 11 so, wins in a row. So um, that's so well deserved. But they are both thumb, big thumbs up for me. No doubt about it. And on that note, that brings an end to the 2023 season and what a great season it has been. First of all, I just want to send a, a huge thanks to a Dan Constant, Will Schofield, uh, the guys that lead uh, the Backchat Studios Network for mm. this amazing opportunity to put together a podcast and to give this wonderful competition, the WAFL, a platform of uh, brilliant attention uh, that it deserves. It's it's so good for the competition and WA football. Also, the 10 WAFL clubs for their access, uh, giving us uh, players to speak to and also all the coaches of the WAFL this season and also the West Australian Football Commission for their endorsement of uh, of this show, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Thanks to Michael Robertson, Rita Collins, Nikki Brown and all at the West Australian Football Commission for their support this year. And also, not only to you, Mark Foreman, for uh, your contributions <laughs> as co-host in the second half of the season, Taylor Cowper for the first half of the season, 
season. And also uh, guests that uh, filled in on that co-host chair everywhere in between, from the likes of Mark Reddings, Andrew Henry on Dean Margetts, amongst a lot of others. Some great personalities of WA football. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Paul. Um, it's It's been awesome to be involved. And like you said, you know, I echo those thanks. And uh, well done to you as well. You know, you've, you've, you host this show. Your, your passion for... Uh, WAFL footy is, is really clear and um, you know that's that's pretty that's pretty cool it's um, a, like you said a competition which sometimes needs a bit of assistance and your uh, commitment to that is uh, awesome second to none so well done to you this year thank you Forey but last but not least probably the, the most important people yes. on, uh, on this show of, of course the fans of the WAFL that uh, either listen or watch uh, on uh, the Backchat Studios YouTube channel or listen wherever you get your podcast a huge thank you for all your support this year we really appreciate it and we look forward to another sensational season of Waffle in 2024 Forey have a great summer I'll see you next year uh, look forward to it Paul and just quickly thank you to our techs as well yes. behind the scenes tom who does an awesome job and uh there's been a few people who have uh, come in and out as well but yeah i'm looking forward to next year uh you know another good season of wafl footy been a pleasure no, make no mistake about it. it is going to be huge in 2024 have a wonderful summer everyone we're looking forward to a sensational year of waffle in 2024 we'll be back in late march to preview what is going to be a huge wafl season congrats to east from adel premiers of 2023 we'll see you in 2024 bye for now Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.